Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Middle call! It's another edition of Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. Welcome. Don't forget, everybody, the uh, YouTubes are up and firing away. You can watch a lot of what we talk about on the show today. But programming note. There is something we did today that is not available on this podcast and was YouTube only, and you got to go to the YouTube page to find it. Coach, photo, breakdown. <laughs> what did you say? A tradition unlike any other? Yeah, tradition unlike any other. Uh, so we, we break down from left to right, top to bottom, uh, the NFL coaches and their attire and their overall health well-being. Uh, there have been a lot of people out there now that break down this photo. That's great. The more the merrier. It's funny. I'll, I'm sure I'll watch the PFT breakdown of it, and uh, and they'll say some stuff I wish I'd thought of. But we're the OG. I don't know anyone who's been breaking down this photo as long as we've been doing it, John. So go it's, check it out. Uh, we've gone through a lot of different iterations of a lot of different coaches over that time. I don't know if this was the best photo ever, but this was a pretty good one. This felt just this was solid. This it was, was solid. Yeah, it was solid. It was solid. It's it a very solid photo. Uh, so uh, go check that out. It's on the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel. You can find that by checking the description of the podcast. Uh, you can also uh, leave us an Apple Podcast review. That's how you get in the mailbag. Five stars. We appreciate that. And uh, leave a question. That's how you get in the hand mailbag. Somebody, while we were doing one of the live streams, uh, commented, Haberman, I met your Middlecoff. I don't know if you ran into a, li- a listener recently. I ran into a guy named Christian on a flight back from, from Phoenix where I saw you. And uh, he stopped me. This was yesterday morning on the flight back to the Bay Area. And he he didn't – he was like – he asked. He said, guy? I said, yes. He said, love the show. And he – you know, I was in my exit row, so he had to keep on walking. But Christian. Wait, Christian was his name. Tell Christian. We're happy to see him. And, well, you uh, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know if I ran into a listener recently. I uh, we broke bread. When was that? Saturday night. Broke tacos. Sure was. And uh, you know, you got to see 
in person, the power of the pitch clock, the pace incredible. Yeah, although I did leave. Uh, you went. You went and saw the who the Dodgers play on Saturday. Uh, Granky and the Royals. Granky and the Royals. I saw Giants, Mariners on Saturday, and then we uh, met up afterwards. And um, that you know seventh inning was we had the two hour mark and. Uh, some people are ready to roll after two hours of spring training baseball is enough for most, I would say for sure. But when you say two hours used to be the fourth inning mark, I mean, it's a huge, huge improvement in my opinion on the, on the, just the overall pace of keep, you're just not getting the four hour games anymore. Those days are dead and they had to die because you're definitely not getting them frequently. Right. I, Even I'm the three and a half hour games feel like they're, I may be biased because I've been to a couple spring training games. The WGBC is like the coolest event I've ever seen like a month ago or not even two uh, last week. I I think we underestimate just how many people are still kind of paying attention. Baseball's like, back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I think the way sports are covered, obviously basketball, basketball is covered stronger than the appetite for the overall health of the sport where baseball is undercovered, now rightfully so, because like their podcasts and stuff, people, you know, don't listen, but their games like rate just like NBA games, but they're not covered the same. They've got some momentum, judges year last year, and then the WBC, I think. It's just a very, and the, and very easy sport change. to go hang the out rules changes, Yeah, well, and that's what baseball is, right? It's a sport you hang out with. It's not about... It's that's the funny thing is the way the game is run is very different than the way the game is consumed. Football, the the guys that run the sport, kind of like the hardcore fans or the the general fans, not even the hardcore fans, just the general fans. Like they're thinking about the same thing the GMs are thinking about: quarterbacks. We got to get our line right. Our defenses. Why does our right corner suck? Baseball is like, my God, the stuff the GM is thinking about is not the fans. Just like, can we just be? Can we play some meaningful games in September? I don't care how you get there. I just want the baseball game in my area to be cool enough that other people want to go and we can go hang out for two and a half, three hours and drink some beers. And regardless where you live, at minimum, four months of the season are out in great weather in the sun. Right. On the weekend and usually a day game throughout the week, which is just people like going outside. Yes. Unless you have a box, which would mean you are rich. You can't really go to an NBA. You don't really go to an NBA game to sit in the lower bowl just to hang out. Like you're kind of watching the game because also the so it's very loud. It's indoors and it's loud. It's true in baseball. It is very easy to just go kind of old pay man attention. take. I don't want the fucking music between while game like basketball. Like stop the music while they're playing. Old man, did you get, did you get up and sing the seventh inning stretch? Well, the Cubs game, they, they play a video of Harry Carey singing it. The whole play, 11,000 plus of this Cubs spring training game. A one, a two, a three. And it's just, and Alyssa's like, oh my God, he was so drunk. I'm like, yeah, it was a big part of the culture. <laughs> he was intoxicated. He was very intoxicated. Um, so uh, I, the way I described it was, when you sit there, you're like, God, you know, I'm enjoying this, but I'm also, I'm going to be ready to go soon. I hope it's like the eighth. And then you look up and it's the eighth. Whereas it used to be like, ah, I don't want to leave early, but I hope it's like the eighth. And you look at me the fifth. And you're like, oh, it's damn. You know, uh, yeah. I feel like I had enough time to, to get some food. Get, 
I think there is an emphasis on making sure you're at the ballpark 15 to 20 minutes early now, right? Like you don't want to get there in the third because you're just going to, they're going to stop selling beer in an hour. Yeah. So get there. That would be my recommendation for people who haven't experienced it. I would put an emphasis early in the season on being through the gate with 20 minutes to spare. So you're not in a rush. You can get in line. If there's a line, you can grab, you know, your, your first beer and some food, get to your seat, anthem, first pitch off and running. You're, you're not going to, you'll, I think you'll regret it. If you show up at first pitch, you're getting through the gate, you know, you're in a line at first, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? That would be my piece of advice. I think for people who haven't experienced yet. Tend to agree. Um, since we last talked, Zane Gonzalez signed, John. Update on that. John Lynch said uh, that not signed. The Niners traded for a kicker. He's he's up plan. He's not the plan, which, as you and I discussed in person over the weekend, uh, made a lot of sense. He's been injured in warm-ups multiple times in his career, correct? According to the videos I've watched twice. I'm sure in the the Bills video, the, the growing rip missed the season. I'm pretty sure. After signing a two-year, like, four million Which one? The, the pregame video or the sideline video? The, the pregame video you sent me. Rip. I sent you two different videos. One was yeah. him on the sidelines. <laughs> one was this, him pregame on the field. This was pregame, preseason, in Buffalo. Adios, Pelota. To a lower extremity. In fairness, like, I, you know, not that crazy. It happens to baseball. You just pull a muscle kicking yeah. really hard. Yeah, I don't know. I was just laughing, thinking, if you're wondering what we talk about when we get together in person on a Saturday night in Scottsdale, it's Zane Gonzalez. I forgot about this. On the flight back yesterday, Alyssa says to me, she's like, "What? Uh, you guys were sitting there, you guys were talking, and one of the girls said, these guys talk about football like I talk about Bravo. These guys talk about sports like I talk about Bravo. Uh, that's a good line. Yeah, I think right. we saw like a Vanderpump's ad or something. I've watched way too much of Vanderpump's. That's what I hear. That's what I hear now. <laughs> you haven't they're mentioned that. They're famous in the mix. I mean, it's just like I can't. It's actually much more enjoyable than whatever like the Bachelor, once, the, the worst show I've ever seen. I mean, it's be Vanderpump at least is somewhat entertaining. They're a family, right? Because I've seen some stuff like like it's come back with a vengeance. The newest season's very good. Yeah, because there's a cheating scandal. It, it at least has some entertaining personalities. I would say the one that you would swan dive off the Golden Gate before I could lock you up and make you watch five straight hours would be the whatever one Scotty Pippen's ex wife is on. The housewives. Is that basketball like, wives. No, it's like Housewives, I think, of Miami or whatever. She's oh, now okay. banging Michael's son. It's just, <laughs> Michael Jordan Jr. Is it, it Junior? Is it Junior? Uh, I think it's Marcus. I, I don't oh. know. She, she, Scottie Pippen's wife is one of the stars on the show. It, it's not good. It's awful TV. Wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. <laughs> Vanderpump is is watchable. Yeah, we call that Gu- Guantanamo programming. Yeah, P- fucking throw Larsa Pippen up. I can't. The, the I think it just tells you how crazy the world is, which also sounds like an old man premise. But that Michael Jordan's son, for a long period of time, has been with Scottie Pippen's wife, and it's not. I, a, I, I don't think it's been that long though, because I, I mean got, it hasn't been a month. It's been like, but she was dating some other. Oh, I thought it'd been like a year plus. No, Marcus I think Jordan. She, yeah, Probably I think she said. was dating some other guy, Michael. Jordan's son. She doesn't look. She doesn't look. Scotty like, Pippen. Was she with Scotty Pippen? Like Scotty Pippen, the player or post career Scotty Pippen? I'm pretty sure they were married. You know, twenty plus. Yeah, years. like a lot. Yeah, that's it. This is an insane story. Yeah, 
an insane. I mean, it's insane. I don't even Mike. know what the equivalent. But if you ask Michael, he's like, "Yeah, I took her down too back in the day." Like, like kids that Michael slept with her property. Be like Tiger Woods' son and Phil Mickelson's. What I mean, it's insane. But put it this: if we had a coach's photo, Michael and Scotty would not sit next to each other. It's pretty clear that the tension in that understood. We know that now. But for a period of time, they were the great, the, the greatest duo in sports ever, ever. Yeah, it was like Michael and Scotty. Be like I tried Joe to explain Montana's it to son. And Jerry Rice's ex-wife. <laughs> think about that. It's. I don't think it gets covered enough for how insane it is. No. Well, it does. I mean, oh, it does. Just the okay. people that know, like, you know, eight million women that watch don't really know who Scottie Pippen is. Because think about this: if you're like a thirty-year-old girl, you're Scotty was like Scotty's run with Michael ended in '98, right? So I, I don't know if everyone was super dialed into the Blazers in 2000. Right, you know, as he went on his separate ways, Scotty and Michael's run, like guys talk about it, and if you live through it, but like if you're a 28 year old locked into the show, I don't think you quite put into context like Scotty Pippen's like closer to LeBron James fame for a certain age group than he is the way he's being discussed. His Does wife his is much more famous show? than him now. I no. would say with just the general public. Does his name come up on the show? Do they talk about him? I mean, I honestly have watched... I try to fall asleep when it's on or leave the room. Got it. The I'll one see. episode I watched start to finish, it does not. She's like independently her own fame. Yeah. In the show, the way she carries herself. Right, She right, carries right. herself. Oh, I think like you're she's right. He's, he's, she's coach. probably more famous than he is now. Today, probably. Which is... Yeah. What's her name? Larissa? Something like that? I think Larsa. Larsa. And I'll say this about... What do you say about Scotty? He's a pretty low-key former super famous athlete. You know, he, he kind of picks yeah. his spots. He's not – doesn't feel like he's tweeting takes and stuff. Like, he, he could yeah, fire – like, If I just told you Scotty Pippen was on Twitter and twice a day he fires off, like, a strong NBA take, like he, he would get more run. I'd be interested in that. I'd follow that account for $7. I think those guys from the 90s underestimate if they just started a Twitter account and fired off a take a night. Yeah. If like, you said Tim Hardaway's just tweeting nonstop right now. Yeah, just like Carl Anthony Town Killing is, a, people. is fucking a pussy. Or like, this guy couldn't have played dead in my day. And you just kept that rolling? Give me a Gary Payton. I'd pay $7 for Gary Payton. 50% of those are leading first take with Stephen A. commenting on it. right? And then they're having him on, and it's just a rotation. I had missed the story, and I don't know why I came across it. I guess the Warriors TV broadcast had Tim Hardaway on like three months ago, and he said something. I don't even remember what it was. Inappropriate, like had to apologize on the air. It was like something that it just like... It wasn't a slur, I don't think, but it was something that in the 90s you could just say, and now you can't. Oh, I think he he used rape. He said the word rape in like some weird context. Like a defender maybe was getting abused. Just something that was like, oh, my God. Like I tried to molest him at the point of attack or something? No, I, I think he said something like, I don't, I don't want to say. I think he used the word rape as like, you know, the defender's getting. I think he used that word. But like, yeah. oh, the defender's getting killed right now. But, you know, something he probably said in a pickup game in 94, but you cannot say on television in 2023. I tried to rape him. Huh? Like I tried to rape him when he got the ball. Yeah, something like that. Just, I don't remember exactly, but. Kind of weird that I didn't get more traction. Like I, I, I didn't, didn't, I stumbled into the story the other day. I thought, oh, Tim Hardaway was on TV. And then it turned out it was from like December or something. Oh. 
But that my point is like those guys just say a bunch of shit that they don't even to your point. They were not on social when they played. There were not cameras around them when they played. They didn't have to think about when they went out photos. And they don't if they're not doing TV now, no one said to them like, hey, man, maybe they still play pickup. I don't know. But but that's the thing, like a locker room, the filter in the locker room changes a lot when the cameras step into it than when they're not in there, just like they do in any conversation. I mean, that's there's two different societies, right? Societies, the way we all act on social media. Right. You know, just I mean, they're just words. You just it's not even worth saying or just the way you talk. And then there's just the way people talk. I mean, there's, we have two different worlds that we live in currently in 2023. That is actually somewhat relatable, like, again, different vernacular for different age groups. Like, it's hard to, if you just put like an 80 year old on television, could you really get mad at what they said? Like, they don't even know, like, they're not even like, how would they even know? You know? Yeah, they wouldn't. There's no way to explain to somebody. But their vernacular, like they're not, especially if they're not talking to any young per, don't walk any, watch any young programming. They're just living in a different world. Probably don't even understand the power of. How would they? Yeah. Wouldn't. No, <laughs> they have no shot. That's why John Lynch is always fucking rubbing his head. He's terrified. <laughs> <says something. laughs> That's a great point. All right, let's get on with it then. John Lynch. At GM coach meetings, talking quarterbacks, John. He was asked to Brock, Brock Purdy, and he said this. Actually, I'm going to read you what he said two different ways. Here's the first way. This is the way everybody's hearing it. Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's the leader of the clubhouse with that. I know when we talk about Brock, he's earned the right to be that guy. When we line up, he'll take the first snap. Now, let me change. I took out six words. Let me put those six words in and now read it to you. I think Brock has earned the right with the way he's played that he's probably the leader of the clubhouse with that. I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned the right to be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. You're saying he says, I think, and probably a lot. He says, think probably if, think probably, probably. So which version is the one that's really the one in John Lynch's head? The if, think, probably one? Or the one with no qualifiers? Well, I, I do think the if think probably because the guy is injured. And there was a viral picture this week of him that looks like Barry Bonds meets Gronkowski with the elbow brace. I think if he was 100% healthy and the 49ers had just lost the NFC Championship game and he had played good, bad, or indifferent, I, I don't think the game would have impacted anything. I think he would easily take out the I think probably if. But because the guy is injured and they don't truly know because this is going to be on a little while and it's not till 12 weeks. So, you know, we're probably not even finished with week two here. So we got a ways to go for him even to attempt to start throwing. And then we know with injuries, right, whether it's an ACL or a shoulder, you slowly work in and then like, do you get sore? Do you get inflammation? Do you get a setback? So I, I, I do think it's fair that there are a lot of questions because 100% healthy, it's if he's healthy, he's the starter. Like I, it, Has that not been fact all offseason? I guess these guys hadn't really been asked about it because they haven't had a talk. But Yeah, like, if what, the what 49ers had just lost to the Eagles last year with a, with a health or this year with a healthy Brock Purdy, 
they just lost the game. Sometimes you lose the game. They lost the game. Brock finished the game. They lost 28-21. They'd won like 12 straight, so people got not used to losing. No. And, and if he'd played, maybe they'd won. But they, let's just say they lost. We This would not be a conversation right now. But it wasn't going to be a conversation that Trey Lance was going to be the starter until Jimmy got hurt. It wasn't going to be a conversation that uh, Jimmy was going to be back and be the starter until Trey got hurt. It wasn't going to be this conversation about Brock being the starter until Jimmy got hurt. So one thing I think that creates the, the the thing that creates the question and the conversation is that we, if you follow this team, have seen so many times the guy that was going to be the starter without a challenge not be the starter because he got hurt. Alex Smith and Callan Kaepernick. We've seen it so many times. The second you get hurt, what the world was going to be before you got hurt is not what the world is anymore, right? So... Yeah, the if is if he's healthy. I agree with you. He w- There would not be a conversation if he had not gotten hurt, but he did get hurt. Where, where I do think it could get complicated, where he does not have, I would say, the true equity yet, if they made it to the season and he was not ready and had to miss several games and they were rolling with, we'll get into it a little later, with who knows who, because <laughs> they don't even know who the backup is. But like he, he is not... I would say established starter level guy that like can overcome circumstances out of his control on the bench. If things are going well, right? Yes. I agree with that. Yep. Like, like he doesn't just automatically a team is he, let's just say he missed the month of September. You know, he's not, he's training camp on the side and then they have to go into week one and they're like, you know, let's just kind of ease him in. He's not ready to go. And they're four. No, and Trey Darnold is uh, just humming. Like, th- there's no guarantee that way. But if it comes week one, the other thing that it, it is just the unknown, and, and he was asked about this, like, he does not know because we don't know how healthy this guy's going to be even in the offseason. But, you know, the question marks of, is he able to come back, you know, August 1st and be full go? Is it one of those where he's not able to do anything up until – week one, and then they can start moving them into practice. I, I, I just think there are so many variables with this specific situation slash injury that in fairness to John, and if you know, if Kyle can pay his way out of this, he will not speak at the uh, owner's meetings. At, it's at the Biltmore, right? You know, uh, so uh, I think they're just going to kind of play this if probably game, but I think it's clear if healthy, it's not debatable. He's the starting quarterback. Yeah, uh, but he's got to get he's got to recover from the injury and then, you know, get back on the field. There's kind of the double. My take with John Lynch, I see the comment about fiddling with the coffee. Yeah. If you watch the video, what I think he's trying to do is he doesn't like the flow out of the thing. He's trying to open it. But as you can see, he's got a nice shirt on and it's one of those where you're saying he I'm, wants to take the top completely off of his covered coffee cup. Yeah, and I think it's kind of maybe there's like a side that's kind of looped in. It's like I could go hard and then it spills all over me. It's a disaster. I can't do both things while I'm answering these questions. So he's like, he's trying to do it subtly, but it's, you know, sometimes when it kind of hooks in and you kind of got to push it away from you and go hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think he consistently gets videos of fiddling around when getting asked very serious questions about opening water bottles that are already opened. A lot of scratches, a lot of stretches, arm crossing. (laughs) This was another good, if you wanted to do body language, Dr. John Lynch video. And I, I think the only place to watch the full video is Lombardi is the one that posted it. That's where I watched it. Um, 
but there's a lot the, the coffee cut he is constantly messing with the coffee lid constantly. if i want if i want to defend john lynch you and i have talked to him side of the field before interviewed him a while back if you just have a normal conversation with him he is as normal of a guy ever i think he's very very uncomfortable with having to lie you know you've even mentioned it in the press conference today kyle gives me a hard time i'm an internal optimist He's a positive guy. So you're asking him specific questions. Some of them are going to be negative, right? And I, I think it's an uncomfortable spot. He feels for this quarterback situation specifically. Like there is ultimately a winner and a loser, even though if that's not the fair way to look at it, there's only one guy can play. So when he's asked about this, I, I think he's sensitive to the way it comes out, even though it's pretty clear to anyone with a fucking brain that watched this team that Brock Purdy's the best quarterback they've had in six years. Short sample size, but still. And it's just, it's a weird spot for him. Because I think football guys, if you get them in a room full of other football guys, non-media, I think he'd be pretty comfortable telling you exactly how he feels. I also, I'll, I'll also defend John Lynch by saying this. He's not a career front office climber. He's a guy that played sports. The good player started, the less good player backed up, the less less good player was the third stringer, then he was a broadcaster. I think he just wants to say what's on his mind, but this is not the job that, you know, some people might have climbed and honed their skills at like, part of the reason they got the job was the way they handled the media. Part of the reason they got the job was the way they handled the 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 uh, the owner. Part of the reason they got the job was the way they handled the coach, and they know how to kind of be this different guy, which is part of the job. I think if we asked him what's your least favorite part of the job, he wouldn't say talking to the media necessarily. I think he likes to, he would say specifically the part about talking to the media that requires me to not tell the truth, yeah. as Will Smith once said. Because I think the Niners, one of his greatest strengths to them is their head coach, who actually is good about talking with this stuff, despises it. It's just, it's the last thing he wants to do. John is very comfortable being the front man, alpha, and just, and you could even say now, he is not worried about, like, a lot of these topics would be sensitive for GM head coach. Like, a GM doesn't want to say something that might make his head coach unhappy or put them in a weird situation. They're completely on the same page. John's not worried about, like, saying something that Kyle, like, he's not, none of that. He's more worried about, like, how it affects, I think, the people. Like, Trey, Brock, this locker room. Yeah, yes, you know? yes. He doesn't want to say something that he'll regret that he would feel bad about that he wouldn't have said to somebody's face. But he's constantly – somebody at one point they asked him, like, what is – I don't remember what it was. You might remember. They're like, what do you mean when you said this? And he goes, I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> he said that today, right? Like, I I'm just trying to get through this thing without, you know, contradicting myself. I think that's part of it. You're trying to get through it without contradicting yourself. Also, very unique event when you think about it. Most of the time when these guys talk – in the NFL, it's at a podium a he, a way above and kind of far away from the sitting uh, Big J's. This situation, little table, inside conference room, everyone is within arm's length, all have orange juice and coffee in their hands. So it's, in theory, very relaxed, right? Everyone's just kind of BSing. They all know each other. Like, John knows them all by first name. Yet once it starts officially, you're getting asked very – I mean – Right before we hopped on, I see NFL Network tweets out rap sheet talking about this specific thing, Brock Purdy. Of course, he's the starter. It's immediately this headline, Purdy, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, 49ers. I would say, beside Lamar Jackson today, one of the bigger stories in the NFL. Because you could just take it as Brock Purdy is the 49ers starter in 2023, right? Yeah, yeah.
Yeah. Lamar Jackson tweeting that he told the team 20 days ago that he wants a trade. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other story. <laughs> Just to be clear. I saw Rap Sheet was like, you know, when they non-exclusive tag you, you're, you can negotiate trades. Like this is not, you don't need to ask for a trade that they literally, it's been on the table. Like the whole league knows, you know, you're available. And two and first. here's the, and by the way, and here's the compensation. Yeah. It's already set. <laughs> you can do less than two first. The one thing I read, there was a good PFF article. It's not just two first. You can't, you can only trade another team's first. If that, tra- if that pick is worth more now than it was when you got it. So like the saints can't trade the Niners first to get Lamar Jackson because it's pick 29 now. And when the Niners sent it to them, it was whatever pick 12, whatever it was. Does that make sense? So you're saying that the 49ers three first rounders for Trey Lance are all based on the 12th pick that's set in stone. Like, yeah, the one, the saint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the saints Eagle or the Eagle saints pick this year is better this year at 10 than it was last year, like 17. But it's based on the value That's of tradable. seventeen. That is, you can trade that for Lamar Jackson. So you can only trade it if it improves. If, yeah, <laughs> you can't trade pick twenty nine if you're the Saints for Lamar. That's got to be a bylaw that not every person in the NFL would know, right? You think? Well, it's just very. It's not very often you see you know a massive non-exclusive franchise trade. Yeah, maybe I'm being naive. You'd be. It'd be. You'd be hard set to not now, know that rule. I guess one way around it would be waiting until after the draft, and then the two ones are twenty four and twenty five. Yeah, but if you're trading Lamar, if you're the Ravens, like you, you'd probably want that one this year. I don't know. It depends. But you've yeah. got a quarterback. Maybe you don't. But you don't. You know, you want the one before the guy Lamar ends up on the team. True. Probably. If you think he's good. Again, that but, that twelfth pick and the the two others uh, for a quarterback that's not the starter. Not the starter. I, I the, the, before we get to Trey though, one other thing on John Lynch's body language with Brock. I think part of it, he said like you know we were in Cabo when we got the call from Doctor Moriarty or what, what's what's his name, whatever the doctor's name is. Yeah, that uh, surgery went good. Part of it is John is telling people yes, our starting quarterback is the hurt guy right now, the guy with the Barry Bonds bionic elbow. That's our starting quarterback, right? Which is. Not the most comfortable place for a team to be. Their starting quarterback is at a, you know, wearing that, whatever that thing is. Saw a a doctor tweet out, very normal protocol. You can't do the surgery and have elbow flopping around, right? It's. I'm just saying there are more comfortable positions to be in with your starting quarterback, which is he's healthy. It's a strong visual, though, wouldn't you say? That visual is. Do you recognize the uh, the place? Do you know where the, do you recognize the spot? Never seen it. Uh, A brewery of some sort? High school buddy, maybe, or just. You know, no, it's fan. a fan. It's this is uh uh this is uh, Sean McIntyre. Who I I saw when I clicked his name, I think it's Sean. I don't know who's I just I I think yeah. it's Sean McIntyre. That's who the photo credit is. So Brock just at a distillery you know, somewhere. Having a few pops, trying to get out of the house, you know, keep his spirits up. Can Brock I want to see Brock's can he can he get the glass, distillery glass to the lips with his right arm, or is he using his left arm? I mean if he's his right hander, he's got a lot of it's got to throw a lot of things off kilter there. <laughs> Luckily, he's yeah. people can do things for him now, John. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. 
plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So when John Lynch says Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse, 
Trey Lance is thinking what? As the only quarterback on the 49ers, healthy-ish, who also knows the playbook. Because Brock Purdy's not healthy-ish, and Sam Darnold doesn't know the playbook. And that's the whole group. David Fails ain't walking through that door. <laughs> At least not yet to be a camp arm. No, no, no he's not. Um, so what's I, Trey Lance thinking today? I, I think he's thinking what he already knew. I mean, he had a front row seat when Purdy balled out. He, you know, he was got a lot of credit for helping him out, remember? Uh, so I, I think he understands that it'd be one thing if they had signed, like if the Purdy situation, he was just out and it was like, yeah, we, you know, we're naming some free agent guy we just signed the starter. That That's not what happened. He, he has been around the guy that he essentially, in a weird way, it wasn't directly because there was a buffer and his name was Jimmy Garoppolo, but he got Wally pipped. Now, he got Wally pipped by the last pick in the draft. And I think as we sit here today, the story, I guess, still is writing itself. I mean, the guy's going to get opportunities, whether it never happens with the Niners. Like, he's going to, like, he's not headed toward out of the league, but it's hard to say that, you know, based on the information we have, have March 27th is one of the most disastrous trades in the history of the league. Because at the time, it was one of the bigger trades ever, right? A lot of times, it's just like that extra one, like you swap picks, which is weird. We always act like that's independent. No, you also get a one for the 12th pick. Then the following year's one, and then the third year's one. I mean, that was a lot. It it just was. Multiple ones on top of your swap, which anyone that follows football knows that the trade value, those picks high are so valuable. So part of the reason you had to give up so much, like going from 12 to 3, I bet if we looked at it, like going from 27 to 12 is less. Like it's just very hard to go up every spot in the top 10 because they're so valuable on the trade chart. It's a disaster guy. I mean, you traded all that for a guy that the team cannot say is our starting quarterback headed into year three, year three. He's now a backup and where he falls in the backup hierarchy. I feel pretty confident saying this, I think is still wildly up for debate and it's just, because it's going to play itself out on the field. Yeah, what he has to be thinking is, I have to beat out Sam Darnold. That's what he has to be thinking. And if I were Brian Greasy, I'd be telling him, Trey, this franchise is riddled with backup quarterbacks that have become starters and starting quarterbacks that have become backups. So that's what John Lynch said on March 27th while while Brock Purdy did, still had his arm in a, in a machine, whatever, a sling-ish contraption that doesn't mean you can't be the starter on opening day here is Brock because to me Brock Purdy is is the the example that Trey Lance needs to look at here is the last pick of the draft just became the starter if he can become the starter I can become the starter again that's how he has to be thinking and again I I don't think that scenario is that we are not that far away from a scenario in which Trey Lance is the starting quarterback even if Brock is back and healthy in the week one starter Brock Purdy has been hurt now, just like yeah. Trey's been hurt, just like Jimmy was hurt. So, if you know, now to your point, if Trey Lance becomes the starting quarterback of the 49ers, if five years from now he's the quarterback of the 49ers, we have it, it is a comeback story, right? Well, I mean, he, he was currently announced at the owners' meeting going into his third year. I mean, he's the backup, he's a backup quarterback. Like the, that's what John Lynch said. Obviously, there are variables still to play itself out. But as of right now, Trey Lance is viewed internally by the team. 
These are no longer just opinions as a backup quarterback. As a backup quarterback. That, that's, that's no longer in our opinions or other people's opinions. That, these are facts. So, and But this is the way the league plays out. And even John, which I think makes him very unique to be able to talk about this, this guy's a former player, a Hall of Fame player, a guy whose career, he's talked about it, started really slowly. So it's like, this is the NFL. You know I mean? This is, the, it's always why I think position players, which is basically everything beside kickers and quarterbacks, kind of get offended. Like when certain positions, and it's mainly kickers and quarterbacks, like get very sensitive at stuff. They're like, we deal with this constantly, right? Y- you get in a game, you're playing shitty, you get removed, the backup comes in, but you're technically can start the next week and you're constantly rotating at certain positions. So it's like, this is pretty normal NFL protocol for literally every other position, unique to quarterback, but I'd say not unique to quarterback when you, when in a situation like this where winning is just, they're not developing the roster. They're not hoping to, you know, go from four wins to eight. This is a team that's at the point now where it's like anything less than a Super Bowl appearance, you know, is a disappointment because last year was devastating. Like, they were in the NFC Championship. Think how many teams in the NFL would die to be that devastated. And now they've back-to-back games where two years ago they had a lead in the fourth quarter. Last year it ended fast because of Purdy's injury. But holy shit, I mean, they went into that game, you know, clearly the way the players talked after. Like, fucking, we had a game. We are going to win the game. Yeah. I think getting there has to give you an appreciation of how hard it is. Like, I was thinking about Gonzaga today. Maybe they'll never win a championship. I mean, they beat UCLA in another great game. And before Monday morning, they're out of the tournament. It was just over. It just ended that fast. After they they had to feel like they were a team of destiny after they beat UCLA the way they beat them. And then they, with 17 minutes left in the game, with some people having them at 15-1 to 1 to win the national championship, some of those people, one of those people, Said, uh, turn off the TV. Change the channel. This game's over. And um, that person's on the show now. Uh, so I, I do wonder if you're Mark Fury, you like, next year's our year. Or is it just a reminder of how lucky you have to be? And I think it's a reminder of how lucky you have to be. Like, you know, FA, you know, FAU four, beat like, Memphis in the first round by like a buzzer beater? I didn't know it was by a buzzer beater. No, I don't. Didn't see any of that game. Didn't watch it. But so, someone brought up the point. I was listening to a podcast today. Like, you know, the NCAA tournament. It's always funny when a team gets to the Final Four, and it's like you forget about the round of thirty-two where they were down two with like ten seconds left, and they got some call that went their way. Then they hit the fadeaway three. But then if you win the next couple games, this is about the final result. Where ultimately, like you've always said, like Trey could easily, based on injuries, based on get his chance. But we've seen enough chances, or I mean times in NFL history, that it just might not, like you might actually not, right? There, there might be a year where a guy doesn't get injured and you actually don't get to play. Because that happens a lot in the NFL. Most teams that are successful, which has made the 49ers very unique, don't constantly have a rotating door quarterback. I would say the Niners truly have been the outlier when you look at the other teams the last couple years, right? The Rams, they've had two starting quarterbacks. Goff forever, and then boom, they trade for Stafford. Boom. Right? Last year, Jalen Hurts has been the last year, couple years, full-time starter. He got injured, but he immediately comes back. Right? And honestly, they, they probably held him out for an extra game or two. 
Burrow, Mahomes, like this, the Niners are an outlier situation right now in the NFL. A team that a lot of people pick the, every single year to win the Super Bowl that do not have a top 10 quarterback, which you could argue is a positive for Trey, but also can be a negative for him. You know, it kind of works both ways. It should open back up, but eventually sometimes it doesn't, you know? I don't think I don't think Alex Smith, again, the, these situations aren't apples to apples, but like his career was taken off like a fucking rocket, gets a concussion, never starts again for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, but he started he started for the Chiefs and it was a comeback story, right? And that's like sometimes your comeback happens on another team, sometimes it happens on the team you're on. For Trey right now, it's a comeback story. Comeback from injury and comeback from being pushed down the depth chart. I would say it kind of defines his quarterback class a little bit, right? I mean, him and Zach Wilson, different. You know, I mean, Trey is not not liked. It feels like Zach, one, is not good. Like, we have way more evidence on Zach not being good than Trey, but clearly the team doesn't like him. The coaches don't trust him. They immediately made him the third. Uh, His wide receivers clearly do not think he can play. But both those guys' careers for going two and three in the draft, which you just look historically, like most guys do not turn out to be fucking Mahomes and Peyton Manning. It's not usually the way it works. You know? I mean, for every Joe Burrow going number one, there are a lot of quarterbacks that go high. And it just gets weird, and it gets weird fast. And part of the reason it gets weird fast is because we talk about these individuals so much. Like, if Kinlaw was a quarterback, it would be discussed like Trey Lance. But ultimately, he's a defensive tackle, and no one gives a fuck. Well, he got John Lynch got asked. He's like, I've given up on Javon Kinlaw. No, no way. I'm looking forward to him being part of the defensive line rotation, which is not what you're looking for when you take a defensive lineman in the teens of the first round. No. Rotational defensive lineman. But but isn't, isn't that kind of what I was saying, though, about why these other positions, like you just kind of get shoved down, shoved down, and then it's just like you play a little. But no one even notices you. Where the quarterback, it's pretty clear where they're, there's no rotating. I, I can't do the Burford Brunskill move, right? Right. I mean, you kind of can with an athletic quarterback, but Trey has proved that actually his athleticism doesn't translate like they clearly thought it would, which is literally been on record by the 49ers, right? I forget who report was Albert Breer wrote that. that you know, the 49ers are a little disappointed. They thought it would be a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, it was Breer, and it was, I don't know, three weeks ago. Thought it would be a better runner. Um, and I think the question mark but, that we might not know until he's gone is is he actually his speed doesn't translate? Does it turn out he's just not as fast? Or could he never get confident, you know, to get past like running at 85, 90%? It's, it's you know, we, you'd make an educated guess right now, but I, I think it's hard. You'd probably lean, maybe you watch that North Dakota State, the sp- you know, the speed, how fast he looked on tape. The, the, it's not really comparable. Like, if I watch a guy running around for Alabama or A&M or LSU or Ole Miss throughout an SEC schedule, it's pretty clear, like, this guy can move, right? Like, when when I watch Caleb Williams week in, week out playing Utah, Oregon, like, it's like, okay, I can see it, it is pretty difficult at lower levels, even Power 5. Like, who's the first if – you, if you're watching a guy from, like, Fresno State or Cincinnati – Cincinnati in the Big 12 now, but whenever they were in the smaller conference, the first games you pick, 
is when they're playing their non-conference, which is typically against Power 5 teams. Like you would watch, if you were watching Fresno State, like, oh, they played UCLA and Oregon, right? You'd watch those first two games, you know, potentially first because they might have three or four guys that are draft eligible on defense. You can kind of see see some speed. And I think sometimes it's more difficult to do at the, you know, D1 AA level, even at a program which, you know, the irony is like the North North Dakota State program could translate. Like you could put them in the Mountain West and they would probably be able to win seven games, you know, eight yeah. games. But that's just not the, it's just not the reality for the schedule that they play. I I am. Um... I don't know if optimistic would be the word. It's not about optimism. I think there's a chance that if we saw Trey Lance play 10 to 17 games, that what you'd get eventually is a guy who is a capable, um, who is a threat as a runner, not dangerous, not Lamar, not that type of runner, but who can make play like, what did they want? They didn't want necessarily a quarterback who would do a bunch of reads and run nine times a game. They just wanted a guy who can make plays when a play broke down. That's like, that is really the athleticism we're talking about, right? Yeah. You can go break off a nine yard run. You can get out of the pocket and make a throw on the run. I do think even though Trey and I've been, I feel like I've been banging the drum first that he's not a comfortable runner. I think he is athletic enough to be the guy that they want as like the what the prototypical quarterback, modern quarterback is from an athleticism standpoint. Even though he's not, you know, Josh Allen, nobody really is. I do think he has that level of baseline athleticism. You have to be a good thrower then for the guy you're looking yes, at. Yes, right? different. I'm just saying I do, I do think he has the baseline of athleticism to be that guy. Don't disagree there. So you know, the question then is, can he get himself in enough games? And that's, that's, you know, we go back to last year, right? That's the difference now. That's one thing that's very clear. The difference between 2022 and 2023 is in 2022, he didn't have to get himself in games. They were going to put him in all the games. Yeah. And in 2023, he's got to get himself into the games. He's got to force his way into the games. They're not putting him in the games anymore which is kind of – you talk to NFL players about the draft, they're always like the difference between being a second-rounder and a fifth-rounder is just how much leash you get, right? You got you saw it all the time, I'm sure. A guy that you liked in the fifth round didn't get the leash that the GM liked in the second round. Well, he got the leash, and that leash got cut in half now. And it, you'd say he's going to get treated like a normal player now. Because once you get farther and farther removed, whether I give you a big contract, right, or I make a big draft day trade from you – a year, two years out, I'm still emphasizing the return on my investment. I think once you get to year three on basically majority of these deals, again, contract or draft day trade, I think those it's just kind of irrelevant because your team yeah. is so different, right? So, you you know, the, the equity in the locker room is just about producing and that we're far enough away removed that you guys just got to earn it and given their situation of trying to win games at the highest level. Which is what John Lynch made was clear. Like, this is why we got Javon Hargrave. is because right now is our window. Exactly. All right, there have been a few reports that the 49ers are receiving trade interest from teams on John Lynch, uh, on Brandon Ayuk. Although John Lynch did say to him and Kyle joke about they would trade each other for the right package. But this is what John Lynch said. Isn't that the famous Billy Bean line? He traded yeah, grandma. He trade me. 
it's interesting when you hear these, uh, when you're at these league functions, said Lynch, ownership meetings, combine, a lot of people ask about Brandon Ayuk. They really appreciate his game and they see it ascending. And I, this quote is from the print version of Eric Branch's story in the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, asked about the fifth-year option. He made a comment about, I'd be shocked if we didn't pick it up. We don't have to do it until after the draft, a few days after the draft. But one thing I would say, and you've been in the league, so you know this, right? Teams probably, are they more likely to ask about a player that they know a team has to make a decision on? And the Niners need, there is just some paperwork, whatever you want to call it. They got to figure things out with Brandon Ayuk. Well, they are, you know, financially tied to a lot of expensive players on one side of the ball, despite having a cheap quarterback room, right? As we looked up earlier today, Debo Samuel's <laughs> cap hit next year is rather large. 27 and a half, 28 and a half. Did you say 28.3 or something? Yeah, sounds right. And Brandon Ayuk's fifth-year option next year, if they weren't able to get a deal done, would be $14 million. And fifth-year options are just like franchise tags, right? The cap hit is the same as the cash, just fully guaranteed one year. So that would be a little complicated. I was a little, I don't want to say taken back, and maybe because there might be some smoke to this, even though, let me get on record, under no circumstances would I trade the guy. I think his value to the 49ers is probably higher than his value would be necessarily around the league, just based on like his current stats aren't probably as strong as some like star wide receivers. And I think he's closer to like, he could be a star wide receiver than he's just some like really solid player. Like I think this guy every single year looks dramatically better. He's an excellent player who for what they asked for to do, right. is not just catch the ball block, which he's more than willing. He has some like legendary blocks down the field for Debo or McCaffrey, like does not give up on plays. He stands for everything they look for in terms of toughness, skill, like the total package, his focus, his football intelligence. So I would not be in the business of doing that. But like if you counter it, you go, they've done things like this before where they traded once upon a time, DeForest Buckner, another fellow Pac-12 guy, high character guy, really good. But at the time was not making Pro Bowls, but anyone that watched him knew that he was really good and his value around the league was high. So... Like, to me, if I had to pick, like, after this season for the next six years who I'd want, like, I'd probably pick Brandon Ayuk after Debo. Right now, you don't necessarily have to make that. To me, Kittle, still under contract, makes a lot of money. A little older than those guys, but, like, these are just discussions. You know, McCaffrey has now been added to the mix. It's not like Christian makes $4 million. Like, he's a double-digit million guy. So, these are, Trent makes money. They're going to have to find a new left tackle eventually. Uh, It's just you know, expensive. Yeah. All of a sudden you're going to look up and like Burford and Banks, like those guys going to need contract extensions. You know, they were second round picks. Banks is going into year three. What if he has a really good year? So these situations come up on you fast. So I understand why the league is asking about him because I mean, he starts for the overwhelming majority of teams and he'd be the one for like, like the giants immediately be their one, right? The chiefs would take him in a heartbeat. So like you could, place him on a ton of teams around the league. Uh, hell, you just saw, right, uh, Elijah Moore, who's not really done anything, get traded uh, for a second-round pick. Now, they included a third-round pick, so I don't know what the ultimate value of the pick was, but he's he's highly thought-after player. Like I'm saying, Brandon Ayuk is infinitely more accomplished 
So if Brandon Ayuk was on the block, you're saying? Yeah, I think you, you and I kind of talked through it. I mean, maybe the Chiefs, right, at pick whatever would be pick 30 this year. I think for sure you would get like a second and a third. He's a unique player because like his tape, when you watch him move around and make plays, is better than just you just pull up his pro football reference stat page. He's not like averaging 95 catches the back-to-back years and 10 touchdowns a year. But when you watch him play, his stats, and part of it is like his quarterback situation has been a little hit or miss for a decent percentage of his career. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he played for my team any day of the week. Do you think it was a little weird when he just didn't say, yeah, we're going to pick up his fifth-year option? Why wouldn't you just say definitively? Yeah, I mean, you might. it might be that you are negotiating a contract potentially with him. But even if so, like, wouldn't that you just say that you, you want to take phone calls on him? Yeah. But it, wouldn't you go back to DeForest and say that, that they probably listen a little more than they would ever put out that they would listen? They don't have picks, right? They don't have a first or second round pick this year. So what if you could get like two twos? Maybe they don't want to discourage the phone calls. Yeah. John doesn't want to send the message, leave us alone. We're not trading you, Brandon IU, because he'd love for somebody to offer him a one and a three. Well, if we separate. Probably just, insane, but just a one. You, yeah, you trade anybody. Like, just realistically, would you entertain this guy given the, the type offers you would get? Like, if the Chiefs offered you pick 30, are you doing that deal? I don't think you do that deal this year. I don't think you do either. You know, not with your current quarterback situation, how badly you need to help those guys. Um, and the thing that makes it complicated, too, is, yeah, in theory, on paper, we go, all right, Ayuk is ascending. How many good years can you get with Debo? Debo's getting more expensive. At some point, you know, you got your number one receiver torch gets passed from Debo to Ayuk. Debo's cap number is going to be $28 million in 2024, but his dead cap's 26. In 2025, his dead cap's 15. Are you, is he a trade candidate after this year? Right. You start going through all that and you go, all right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you extend Ayuk and you trade Debo in the same off season. But what if Debo has the kind of years that made you pay Debo again this year? He's had two of them now where your team looks like it's dead in the water and you just start giving the ball to Debo as much as you can. Now, then you got McCaffrey and McCaffrey might, change the math a little bit right you have now two guys when when you signed Debo you just had a one guy that did the receiving and the running now you got McCaffrey and you got two guys that can do the receiving and the running and so maybe McCaffrey when they look at it it makes them go in these three if you could only pick two you could pick a few different combinations like you could pick Debo and Ayuk you could pick McCaffrey and Ayuk would you pick McCaffrey and Debo as the combination, or are they pretty pretty more? pretty risky from a <clears throat> injury standpoint? I I think ideally you got to pick one of the two guys, you know, to and you pair him with McCaffrey. And it's weird, like I, you know, McCaffrey's a pretty special player, but like I've seen Debo at the highest level <clears throat> be absolutely unstoppable. Like when they're both humming, Debo's better, but it feels like on a, just a weekly basis, McCaffrey's a little more dependable. It's weird. It, it's it's what makes the 49ers kind of complicated. It's hard to quantify Debo Samuel. Right? Like it's it's very easy to be like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb. Just go around the league. Just wide receiver one. Just quantify their importance. 
I think Debo is very, he's an unquantifiable player. But if you watch the fucking, every snap he plays is his, why his value is so high. But if you just go to the stats, you're like, wait, you're comparing this guy to like AJ Brown, right? You're comparing this guy. Remember through three years, DK Metcalf had like 29 touchdowns. It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not apples to apples here, but he's not like an orange, right? He's really an apple too, you know? So it's, it's, it's very bizarre. And the thing with McCaffrey, like he has been banged up before. I, Brandon Ayuk's highs might never be as high as those two guys, but I don't see how you can look at him and go, that's not a sustainable player given health. And he's been healthy really majority of his career. Like it, does he not have 12 to 15 year career written all over him? I mean, yeah, if, if I would, works, I, if you, you asked me to bet over under 12, I'd say over. Well, like this guy's a better player. Just, you just have to look. Would at you agree numbers. with that though? Like if you, if, you, if I told you Brent Ayuk's playing at 37 years, 36 years old, you go, okay, that makes sense. Well, I'll tell you a guy that's going to be doing that. You're going to look up. And again, this guy was drafted higher. He He's produced at a higher level. Situations have been different, but like. Amari Cooper's going to have, like, Hall of Fame numbers when it's said and done. I know. But you know why? Because when you can just run routes, and I, I would say Ayuk is in his category of, like, route runner gets open. He just, he, he's a fucking, you know, what do they say in, like, the NBA, like a bucket getter? From a wide receiver, these guys just, they just find green grass. Just throw them in the vicinity because they're going to be open and the DB's going to be three or four yards away. That translates for a long time. When you say those type players, like, you just look up, there's, like, Isaac Bruce or... You know, whoever, like that type player, plays for a long time, the great route runner. Because it's not as predicated on like, well, he lost a step. Like Deshaun Jackson couldn't go deep anymore. It's just harder for him to play. But if you can stay healthy and you hang your hat on route running, I just think that that is, that's a very, very sustainable trait. Like if Brandon Ayuk was a free agent, let's just say has another year where I'll just pick some numbers. Like 75, you know, 1,106. Mm-hmm. I Which mean, is similar would, to what he did this year. I, I think he would easily, you know, someone would pay him. Obviously, you get inflated numbers in free agency, but he would, wouldn't you say, get like a five for 160 guaranteed with ease. Well, this is going to be kind of a tiebreaker year, right? Two years ago was Debo's 136 touches for almost 1,800 yards and 14 touchdowns. So Debo's ceiling so far from a production standpoint has been higher than I use somewhat a little less quarterback dependent for his production, right? Well, he can play two positions. This year, 98 touches for 864 yards and five touchdowns, only played in 13 games. Ayuk's year this year was 20 more catches or touches than the year before. He had 80, 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Almost all of them, it was just over 1,000, almost all of them receiving. And eight touchdowns, all of them receiving. In fact, you can he is a, re- he is a receiver. It's his second, <laughs> first year in the league. Yeah, um, but he he put the point, which is he put up more numbers than Debo did this year. Now Debo again missed a bunch of games, but that's part of the that's part. Of, does Debo miss five games again this year? I think the Four question. Game? I think the question you ask yourself with Brandon Ayuk, and this is a, these are hard conversations because he's really good, right? Like they did you see McGlinchey? I, I saw some clips of McGlinchey's press conference. And he was like, the hard part is his last offseason, the 49ers, we, he's like, I give them a lot of credit. We were very open. They were very open and honest with me. Like, we're not going to be able to afford you. And less unforeseen circumstances, and it came true. 
But ultimately, I think like every 49er fan would be like, crazy-ass contract, Denver Broncos, you idiots. That wouldn't be the case with this player. But I do think the 49ers are looking at it right now like, is this guy ever the number one wide receiver on like a, a top team? And that's just when I bring up those other names. Like, you know who is? A.J. Brown. Right? I, I'll even, D.K. Metcalf is a number one wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, number one wide receiver. Which year did D.K. Metcalf save his team's ass and put him in the playoffs and the conference championship game? Hasn't done it yet. I'm, be, I'm making the case for D, right, if I'm making the case for Debo. But I'm talking about Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. I, I'm talking. So this is like Debo proved, right? Debo proved that like he can carry me and dominate in a different fashion than those guys can Brandon Ayuk. Because Brandon Ayuk's camp, and in his mind, he's never going to be like, I'm a number two wide receiver. And it, honestly, his confidence is what makes him. But I think you have to have a real conversation like, is he ever, you know, I would put Amari, I'd say another guy that's ascending that was a higher draft pick and more hyped name, but kind of a similar type player who I'd say is better would be like Devontae Smith. You know, is Devontae ever going to be a true number one? But he's probably not like he's better than most twos. And is that kind of Ayuk? Right? Because if Ayuk's your two, you're in great shape. You see it with the 49ers, right? But like, do you get to a point where if you have to pull the trigger and move Debo, can he operate as your one with like a mixture of Kendrick Bourne, Juwan Jennings types, right? I don't know. Do you think it's easier to put a root? Let me ask you. Because he could get paid like that. Let me ask you a hypothetical based on what you just said. If you if you started with one receiver on your team, one team had Devontae Smith, one team had Brandon Ayuk. Which team, which room do you have an easier time building a well-rounded room in? I think your second wide receiver on both teams, you're looking for a similar guy. They're di- built differently, but Debo's a physical guy and AJ's a physical guy. I, I, I think you build your wide receiver room very similar. I'd put him in the same... I, I'd put Devontae... All right, so who's a better number two receiver, Devontae or Ayuk? Well, I guess Devontae, what I'm saying is, is Dev, I think Devontae might be harder to find, Smith. Yeah, he's a better player. So I think he's more likely to be a number one receiver because of his speed. Now, again, he played with like an MVP level quarterback. He had 95 catches this year. But I think that's the question. Like, if you were pl- if you flip flop the two, would Brandon have had 95, 1200? Potentially. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't shock me. That that would be Brandon's argument. Is I'm doing, you know, I'm like Kittle. I'm like Kittle. I, I don't block as much as Kittle, but my numbers are suppressed because of where I play, and it makes every catch that I get all the more valuable. I might have less catches, but they're going to be more valuable catches. I think his conversation is legitimate. The debate internally in the front office, the money. I think, and I understand where I. I think the whole thing is just. These are just legitimate, tough business conversations that this is where when you draft the guy in the first round, they're pretty lucky that they're able to roll it over and basically go, well, precedent was set. Nick Bosa, fifth-year option, play of the fourth round, then we take care of you. They verbally said that last year about Nick. Nick was cool with it. Yeah. Nick is a, you know, best player in the league on defense. Uh, that's what we do. That's what you have to do. You can't bitch or moan. And I don't expect him to, but – this is going to be an interesting subplot. Like, what if he goes through a couple games and he's only got 10, you know, his numbers? Because the shitty part about being a wide receiver, to get truly paid by your own team, uh, as we've seen with Christian Kirk, you go if you ever get a hit free agency, but he's a couple years away from that, 
you do have to produce like Debo had to do what Debo had to do, and even then they kind of butted heads for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting for a guy who was once in, you know, I know Kyle says he wasn't the doghouse, but whatever it was, then he became a team leader. He's getting tested. The Niners are testing him a little bit right now. I don't know if they're intending it that way. I don't think they are. It feels like Brandon already passed that test with them, but it will be interesting if he doesn't get paid right away. Part of being their guy is like handling that, passing that test. You know, I think it's, I think it's fair to take an educated guess that maybe they threw out, you know, one of their classic, like, you know, four years, 60 million, <laughs> 27 guaranteed. Like, did they, did they do one of those? Yeah. And a sponsorship with, uh, what's, what's Kittle's deal? Uh, yeah. DocuSign. DocuSign. No, it's the glasses. Zenny. Zenny. Yeah. They don't pay us, but DocuSign. Yeah. And Adobe, Adobe Audition or Adobe Acrobat. You get some Adobe Acrobat. I think it's fair to say, uh, is there gonna be some when are the Niners when when are the Niners gonna get a player sponsored by somebody who's a Leeds sponsor? That's my question. Some some companies not even in this country. That's coming. Well, we'll whatever that see would it, be. It'll be on TV over there. Yeah, it'd be like Borscht beer. I don't even know what. Like what? Can, where where do you get that? It's like oh, wherever Leeds is, that's where you get it. Anything else on this subject? No. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.